This morning we're going to be reading from chapter 24 of the story. For those of you that have your copy, it's on page 335. But actually, I'm going to be reading from page 300, well, no, 343. And for those of you that don't have a copy of the story, but you'd like to follow along in your pew Bibles, I'll be reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 through 41, and then Mark, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5, verses 1 through 20, if you'd like to follow along this morning. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes, When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot. But he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance... He ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. He gave them permission. And the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man, and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. Last week we asked the question that the Gospels themselves attempt to answer of who is Jesus. That's the question that's been presented in each of the Gospels. And in each week I think we're going to end up reading and finding that the Gospel writers are presenting to us 
a different interpretation or, or they're further fleshing out their interpretation and presentation of who Jesus was so that you and I can attempt to answer that question for ourselves. As we say, who is he? Who is this man who teaches and heals and performs miracles? Who is the man who stills the waves with the spoken word and who casts out spirits into a herd of pigs? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Each attempt to to help those who are reading their good news about Jesus Christ to come to their own decision on who he was and on what his life and ministry meant for each of them. As we read the story this last week, chapter 24, entitled No Ordinary Man, we read many of the parables of Jesus and many stories of the ministry of Jesus. But we read parables, stories that that were concrete to those who were living in those times. As Jesus told stories, the people knew what he was talking about when he talked about a sower sowing seed. They knew what he was talking about when he talked about someone who had lost a sheep and who was going to find it or someone who had lost a coin and searched high and low in their house to find it. And they even knew what he was talking about when he shared a story about a son who left his father's home in order to squander all that he had been given. See, they knew these stories. They knew these stories because these were their stories. Stories about their lives that were familiar. Stories that, that were about their, their, their well-being as they were seeking to keep track of their animals and care for the animals that were in their, their care and their possession. As they tried to, to make sure that they knew where all of their coins were. They were their stories, weren't they? But see, even as they were their stories, as I was reading this passage this week, they weren't prepared. They weren't prepared for for the greater meaning that Jesus was giving these stories as he used them as visual comparisons or visual pictures or metaphors to show the joy in heaven when the lost are discovered, to show a visual for those to, to see and to think about what happens if they root themselves in God and place themselves in Him in order to receive that which leads to life, which is the parable of the sower. See, Jesus used the parables to help those that were seeking to find, to find truth, to find hope, to find a vision that was beyond what they themselves could envision or imagine in their lives. See, in the parables for those that were following Jesus and were not seeking, for those that were not searching, well, I think they just heard what they came for, didn't they? If they weren't listening to Jesus and and believing that He was the Son of God that was sent on this earth to reveal God's presence to them, well then they, they were just listening to stories from this great storyteller because they weren't searching. And so instead of listening to a story about finding one and putting oneself, making oneself rooted in God, they just listened to a story of planting and of harvest. Instead of listening and thinking about how excited God is when, when a lost person finds the truth, well then they were just listening to a story about lost sheep or a lost coin. 
See, for those who are approaching Jesus as the Son, without looking to Him as being the Son of God, or at least without questioning who is He, see, they were just stories. But for those who are posing the same question that you and I have posed, who is Jesus? They were far more than that. But they were stories that were given to those who were listening, to those who were searching. And as they came and as they heard and as they witnessed, they were able to decide who this Jesus of Nazareth was for themselves. As they learned and thought about a kingdom of God that he was proclaiming. And the disciples... Well, see, the disciples received more. Because if you'll look in your gospel, it says often when, when Jesus had taught, in fact, in this passage of Scripture that we read this morning at the beginning of our chapter about the parable of the sower and the lost coin and, and the prodigal, it says that whenever Jesus taught the crowds, He taught them, He told the story, and then He gathered the disciples around Him later and said, let me tell you what I was talking about. So that they could see so that they could understand, so that they could decide for themselves who He was, and so that they could know to pass it on to those that were around them. Because Jesus' mission was preparing the twelve, wasn't it? He was God in the flesh who came on this earth to give Himself up for you and me, but His day-to-day job was teaching the twelve to equip them to prepare them, to help them to see and to understand so that as they witnessed the things that they were witnessing, as they experienced the things that they were experiencing, they would be able to see and know what was happening or at least attempt to know so that they later they could share it with others as they talked about the resurrection of Jesus Christ in this world. This morning I want to spend just a couple seconds or a few minutes looking at at the passages that we read this morning. that come from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4 and chapter 5. Because if you read these passages with the question in your mind of who is Jesus, well Mark attempts to point our eyes to that answer. Because Mark includes two stories and a larger string of stories that we have read in our chapter this week. But these two stories are stories that show us that Jesus was not just a man, but that Jesus has power over the unknown. You know, in those times, the unknown was viewed as chaotic, it was viewed as evil. In fact, in, in our own time, the things that we don't understand, we often have skepticism or questions as we look to them. But in Jesus' times, the things that they didn't understand were viewed as, as just, they, they weren't good. And so people really questioned and looked. And so the first story we read this morning comes from Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41. This story is about Jesus and the disciples. Jesus has been teaching, and he decides that they should get on the boat and travel to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Now you have to understand that the other side of the Sea of Galilee is, is part of the Greek region called the Decapolis that was ruled by a different Herod. It was not part of Israel as they were living in that time. And so for Jesus and the disciples to go, they're going to the land of the Gentiles, to those that were not following the same law, that those that were not following the Mosaic law, to those that were not living the commandments in the way that they lived them themselves. And they went. 
And so Jesus decides that they should go. And as they get into the boat, it says that he and the twelve get into the boat and Jesus falls asleep and he's in the stern on a cushion. And a storm of great magnitude springs up. The wind is crashing, the waves are tossing the boat from side to side and the disciples in their fear call out to Jesus and say, Are you not worried that we're going to die? Jesus awakens and speaks. With his voice, the waves cease, the wind stops. Then the disciples ask each other, Who is this guy? Even the wind and the waves obey him. The second story comes from Mark chapter 5, verse 1 through 20. They've completed their journey across the Sea of Galilee. They're in the land of the Gerasenes. And they land and a man who has been possessed and lives in the caves comes out to meet Jesus. Mark spends a lot more time describing this man. About his affliction, about his pain, about the things that he does and the ways that people fear him. But the man knows who Jesus is. Because Mark writes that the man falls to his knees and the demons within him recognize Jesus. And they say, Son of the Most High God, what do you want with us, basically? And Jesus said, what's your name? And they said, our name is Legion because we are many. And then the spirits say to Jesus, don't cast us out, but send us into those pigs. And Jesus gives permission. The spirits enter to the pigs where they stampede and the over 2,000 of them run down into the bank of the Sea of Galilee where they drown. Mark writes that the pig herders ran into town to tell what they had witnessed. The people came and having heard about the pigs and seeing this man who had once been possessed now sitting and clothed and in his right mind, Mark writes, Mark says they're afraid. The people witnessed these things and they were afraid. Afraid of what they had seen, afraid of what they were hearing. was a battery in there okay afraid of what they'd seen afraid of um, what they'd heard but they were really afraid of what they didn't know weren't they and so they asked Jesus to leave the region to just go because they were afraid of whatever other miracles could happen because they were afraid of that which they didn't understand but what I reason I'm sharing these stories with you today is because each story ends the same Not with the joy of Jesus' ministry, not with the the joy and exultation of what has happened in the lives of the people. But each story ends with fear. Each story ends with fear. Why did Mark include these stories in his gospel? Why did Mark include stories that left the disciples wondering who Jesus was and under what authority he was acting? Why did Mark include a story that that tells about Jesus casting out demons and then when people are seeing this person who has been healed, they're not celebrating, but instead they're fearful. 
as to what they've witnessed, what they've heard, and what they've seen. See, Mark did it to show us who Jesus was. Mark did it to give us a glimpse of of what the kingdom of God was going to look like on this earth. A kingdom that was ruled by one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. A kingdom that was being given and, and demonstrated by the Son who was walking on the earth and who was offering life to the people. It was a kingdom that was ruled by one that was going to be fair and just because the people in those times knew that a kingdom was often not fair and just because they were taxed and the tax collectors took a cut for themselves which meant they paid more taxes and they knew that, that justice happened often not because of what was happening happening, but often because of how you knew and who you knew and how much you were willing to pay them. It was a kingdom where all the storms would be stilled. It was a kingdom where all of the demons would be banished or the evil would be gone. See, what Mark was saying is that this man is bringing to you a kingdom of God that was going to be ruled by the one who said, All authority in heaven and all authority on earth has been given to me. See, what Mark is saying to us is that Jesus is our King. And that all we have to do, those of us who come behind and receive this message, is acknowledge that we ourselves are not kings. And we look to God. For guidance and direction. We look to God to to live and to respond in acts of grace and kindness and mercy. Much like we've done today through Imagine No Malaria. To help other people to see and to experience and have a fullness in their life. That maybe they aren't able to attain on 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 their own. What Jesus was saying is that in the world in which God reigns, people are going to look to God for guidance. And in doing so, they're going to offer strength and hope and love to others. See, an encounter with Jesus shouldn't bring about fear. But I guess it can. If Jesus is revealing to us something that has to change, something that has to be different, something that that we have to set aside and move past in our lives. But see, I think what Mark is showing us is that Out of that fear comes life and hope and a new beginning and a new opportunity. Because the man that he healed, that was there on the shore, well, Jesus said to him, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away. And began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. See, the kingdom of God means that Jesus is over all things. He's over the, the weather, the storms of life. He's over the, the, the spirits that we face. He's over the evil in this world. He's over death, if you continue reading. And he brings about life to those who believe, to those who profess their faith in him, and to those who seek to grow, 
as they hear these stories. And in hearing them, they receive the truth that Jesus himself was offering each of us. As he talked about a sower, as he talked about a coin, as he talked about a son who went to a faraway land and squandered his father's inheritance. To each of those, Jesus offered life and celebration and joy. And it's that that he gives us. As we seek to pursue, as we seek to claim, and as we seek to grow in what it means to be a people of God who serve and acknowledge the one true King, Jesus the Christ, in whom all authority has been given in heaven and on earth. Amen. If I can invite you all now to join me.